this has been one of the most frustrating things that I've seen and experienced throughout my over six years in Congress that really started um, like when I first went up after I got elected. Uh, where after every election happens, the new members of Congress, they go and uh, they have what's called new member orientation. And they give you these books and here's the maps and here's where your office is and, you know, all the all the administrative and logistical stuff. But very quickly, I would say within the first few days, um, you know, where we first come in together as Democrats and Republicans immediately. OK, Democrats go this way. Republicans go this way, immediately separated. And what we're told right off the bat is look, this is about uh, getting wins for our political party. And if you work with a Republican, then that's going to hurt the party, especially if you work with a Republican that the Democratic Party is trying to take out. Forget the substance of the idea. Forget the substance of the bill. And this happens on the opposite side as well. Republicans with Democrats, both both political parties are, diff- are, are um, guilty of this, where they're really putting the interests of the political party ahead of the people who just voted for us to go and serve them. And not just the Democrats who voted for me, but yes, the, the independents and the Republicans, both who voted for me or who didn't, but who uh, I serve as part of my constituency. And uh, you just you, you continue. I've continued to see this where, you know, you'll have a bill that because it's a Democrat bill, Republicans will vote against it. Substance aside or a Republican bill, Democrats will vote against it just because it's a Republican bill. But then, hey, if if they come in and, you know, a month or a year later, introduce the same bill or a similar bill. But now because it's a Democratic bill, OK, everybody, hey, let's go. Let's go and support this legislation. You can even imagine why there is so much gridlock in Washington, why nothing really gets done, and ultimately how this divisiveness and this hyperpartisanship is hurting the ability for the needs of the American people to be served. When has you- only one look for Christ's sake. Blue Steel, Ferrari, Latigra, they're the same face. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. All right, everybody, welcome to episode two of the Crazy Pills podcast. So the whole point of the intro, one, it's funny from one of my favorite movies, uh, Zoolander, but also what I'm trying to point out in every episode, and really the purpose of the episode is to start highlighting uh, the cultural field. So cultural field is basically this, these like set of rules, beliefs, or like even like sayings that we just kind of buy into and um, nothing really amazing ever actually happens when you do things according to the cultural field. And at the same time, uh, uh, it's comfortable, right? So uh, last week I talked about the whole idea of um, paying people based on per hour, whereas for many, many different jobs, right? If I actually was more proficient uh, and better at my job, it would actually take me less time. And when you use that metric, to measure how much time someone's taking, it actually rewards people that are less proficient, right? Kind of ridiculous, right? Um, this week, what I want to talk about is uh, voting. Well, the whole idea is that it's your duty to vote or that if you want to change the system, you should vote, right? First of all, let's actually think about it. If there's a system that's broken or there's uh, fundamentally that it just doesn't work anymore, participating in the mechanism of the system is somehow going to make a difference, especially when we've been doing it every two to four years, depending if you want to count midterms, for the last 200 plus years, 
that's actually going to change. Why is it such like a um, an accepted thing to post on Facebook? We're saying like, oh, you should vote. If you're not happy with it, vote. If you didn't vote, you can't complain. I'm going to give an analogy, and I actually gave this analogy earlier today. I was quite proud of it, so I'll actually say it again. Okay. So let's just say, you know, wherever you are at relationship-wise now, we're going to say, hey, you know what? We're going to introduce the arranged marriage uh, system for you, okay? We're going to choose from a bunch of different candidates, right? And by the way, any analogy breaks down, so you don't want to start picking apart in my analogy, like, I got it. But like the whole point, there's a spirit of the analogy. That's what I'm trying to get at, okay? So there's all these candidates, okay? And we're going to side them, you know? One's going to be a little bit more conservative. One's going to be more liberal, Okay? You don't get a say in that part of the process, okay? But once we use our system of choosing them, we kind of whittle it down, we're gonna present you with two candidates, okay? So you could have the conservative one, you could have the liberal one. Oh, by the way, if you really wanna give a middle finger to the system, then you have the option, you have the third option to choose a blind date. So like, you won't, you won't really know much about them, but you have a third like blind option, okay? And we're not going to tell you anything about them because we're not going to pay any attention to that one. But just know that there's a third option out there that you can choose. We're going to put most of our attention on these, the, the, the first two. Okay. And then if you don't like one of them, we'll pick the one that's the lesser of two evils. The one that's less disgusting to you to spend the rest of your life with. Right. That would be fucking ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ridiculous? And then what if everyone else told you, you know what? It's your duty to do it. And then if you don't like the system, just choose one or else you don't have a right to complain. How fucking ridiculous is that? Okay. As far as I see it right now, the political system is broken. Okay. Um, the path you have to take to get elected, uh, there's just a very low likelihood that someone extraordinary and really, really difference making is going to actually choose to play that path to actually become an elected official. Think about it right now, right? If I wanna say like run for uh, mayor, right? One, I have to actually declare whether I'm a Democrat or Republican, or else I need like X amount of, um, uh, 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 I guess signatures or something to actually be able to get on the uh, ballot or to, to, to either be part of that process, right? And when people are actually voting, automatically we already been primed or programmed to look and see, okay, uh, this is a Democrat or Republican. Oh, I side with a Democrat. I don't really know much about them. Let me just vote the Democrat, right? That's actually what the system is right now. I could be awesome. I could be running these great campaigns, um, but inherently I'm running at a huge disadvantage because I'm, I refuse to affiliate with the Democrats or Republic, uh, a Democrat or a Republican. And then if you even look within the Democratic or Republican narrative right now, right? What if what if I believe in um, the government, for the most part, doing as little as possible to interfere with businesses, and I'm a strong proponent for, um, for gay rights, right? Like treating them as human beings. If two human beings really are attracted to each other, they wanna to be together and they wanna get married, let them go through with that. And what if I am um, pro-life? But pro-life in the sense that you know, there's up to a certain point where it's the woman's choice. And then once you get past a certain point, right, once the baby's like developed to a certain point, then it feels like it's just murdering a human being. And that's crossing the line for me, right? Like 
so up to a certain point. So now what if I'm just jumping back and forth between uh, near, uh, uh, basically the, the, the talking points between Democrats and Republicans or conservative and liberals, right? What does that make me, right? And if, I'm, if I choose to be a, Demo uh, a Republican and I have these thoughts on gay rights and then also uh, pro-life, then it makes me a radical conservative. Like what kind of bullshit is that, right? And then if I'm a radical conservative, then I'm gonna lose a huge part of the, 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 uh, the Republican base. So then I wouldn't be a suitable candidate because we need someone who can actually uh, appeal to a larger Republican base. Like the whole thing is fucking ridiculous, okay? So why does voting, how does voting actually make a difference, right? If I vote, if anything, if anything I'm gonna perpetuate the system. So when there's a system that's clearly broken, there's a couple of different ways that you can transform the system, right? One is internally, where internally you start inciting a culture change. So basically, the purpose of the system starts getting realigned, right? Because like right now, I would say like if you look at our current political system, what is the purpose at of most people in the system? It's almost just like okay, how do we just have a mechanism to keep things going as it is? Right, and then the parts right now, the different politicians, really what their focus is on is, okay, how do I get reelected? How do I get reelected? That's actually, from at least like my observation, um, what their primary focus is on. Is it actually to do good and make a difference in the world? Is it to get reelected? And also probably benefit a little bit on the side, okay? So you can have the system itself redefine its purpose or cultural change or enough people actually see the system for what it is and then they don't stand for the system being the way it is anymore and then either the system has to evolve and upgrade or people actually start, stop participating and choose something different, right? Obviously, um, for me, I've chosen to go with the second uh, route Right, um, I've never voted in my life. I always felt this way, actually. And then, you know, every time I bring it up, it's like, oh, you just think you're too cool, or you just want to be like the the uh, the the one that's different from everyone else. Which, by the way, if you think about it, how ridiculous does that sound, right? Like I'm just doing it just to be different from everyone else. Or like, like no, like if you really have a problem with the system, then you have to participate in it to change it. Which I just talked about how ridiculous that sounds. Okay, so. Let's talk about the candidates, okay? And this one will probably get me canceled. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. With Trump, what I notice, his supporters, for the most part, really love him, right? They think he's the greatest thing ever. He's fighting for them, playing 40 chess, all this stuff. They at least really love him, okay? So when he's a candidate comes out, you know, I'm not going to commentate on whether it's justified or not, but like at least you, you got a candidate that you really love. If you are a Biden supporter, you should be fucking pissed. I've heard of people that love AOC. I've heard of people that love Andrew Yang. I've heard of people that love um, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, right? Those are probably like the three main ones off the top of my head. I've never heard of anybody being a big Joe Biden fan, okay? What kind of messed up mechanism had to happen 
that by the way, you had no say in, right? If you're a Democrat or you identify as a liberal, you had no say in who the candidate comes out, like who this candidate is. Because if it's based on like the popular opinion and what like most people want, there is no fucking way that it is Joe Biden. There's just no way, definitely with a younger crowd, but even with like the older crowd, um, you think it's really like Joe Biden, right? So after whatever happens, happens, Okay, by the way, your Democratic candidate is Joe Biden. Now you can vote. Okay, and then it's just like an illusion that you actually have a say. You had no say. Did you want Joe Biden? No. Then why is he there? Who actually wanted him? Like, who wanted him? Right? In the last 20, let's just say 20 years. So from 2000 to now, there's been two candidates where I would actually say people really just got on board with their message, got behind their back, and we're really proud of that candidate, right? There's uh, Barack Obama and then Donald Trump, right? They're, the fan base really, really loved them. Everything else, everyone else, what in the hell? Who the hell wanted John Kerry? Did you want John Kerry? How are you not more upset at the system that John Kerry is the person that the system spit out and then that was your choice, right? And you get to vote for that. Or who the hell wanted Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney, like who wants Mitt Romney? And he, that's the choice that comes out. So don't tell me that the vote, like voting actually does anything. We're voting every two years, or if you're just doing it for the election every four years, right? It's this illusion that you're actually getting a vote, and you're having a say, which actually keeps you in line. It's kind of like the arranged marriage. Oh, at least I'm giving you a choice between these two candidates that I spit out and put in front of you. See, you do have a choice. Yeah, I got to choose between two, two candidates but I don't want to be part of the system. I want the system to evolve, okay? So now, that's a lot of ranting. What's the solution, okay? Um, obviously, for me, I prefer the solution with a route where instead of going into the system to change it internally, you start waking people up externally, and then when enough people kind of see the system for what it is, automatically evolves. Um, it's a concept that I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, there's a book by Malcolm Gladwell, it's called The Tipping Point. Not his best book, but the title is great. And it's basically when things shift, basically uh, something reaches a critical mass where it just tips over, right? So uh, if you're around in like 2001, 2000, that's when the Nokia cell phones tipped over and all of a sudden everybody for the most part, got a cell phone, or at least it became a mainstream thing. Even though cell phones were around the 80s, uh, probably in the late 70s, actually, right? Um, for this to shift, depending on who you talk to, again, it's a very, very um, philosophical um, topic, and also it gets a little bit like spiritual, right? I've heard people say, hey, you know what? 8% of the population needs to have a different awareness. It could be 11%, some more that, I, but I think, at the very least, my perception on it is that a certain percentage of the population needs to start noticing this for what it is, being awake to it, and then actually start and start choosing something other than just being part of this cultural field, right? I even feel the pressure. Telling people I didn't vote feels like I'm an outcast. It feels like I'm not in the warm end of the pool. And it feels like I'm somehow like doing something wrong. And then when we actually see it for what it is, like, how does voting actually really contribute to like what we want to see? You know, um, 
And just one last thing with this like whole two-party system, um, it isn't everyone, right? Uh, but there's a lot of people out there, probably you included watching this, you have family members, close friends that don't actually affiliate with your party or like your uh, position politically. And this year, it's been more crazy than ever. We literally just generalize and um, stereotype liberals or conservatives. And it's like, we don't even relate to them as human beings anymore. It's this idea, um, it's this idea, the stereotypical idea where, where we just paint them into the corner. Like this is just what they're thinking. They're, they're dumb, they're asleep, they're, uh, uh, they're racist. You know, they purposely choose to hurt us. Um, or, or it's like, oh, you know, these are snowflakes, you know, like they're just like, they're soft, they're soy boys. Like, like, like you know, we, heard, we all heard that before, right? And it's like, you could have people that are close friends, family members, uh, people that like you get along with and all of a sudden it's just like boom disconnected you don't even relate to them as human beings anymore right that's what our political system does right now there's no higher thinking there's no spirituality to it it's literally who's a hero who's a uh, villain and then there's always like a victim that we fight over and just that hero victim villain model we just fight over and over again and we're just debating on like nonsensical nonsensical topics not nonsensical topics. Let me take that back because that's probably going to trigger. It's just we're actually simplifying topics into either choice A or choice B. And then you either have to be one side or the other. And that's our current political system. So hopefully that makes you think. See it for what it is. And uh, if I made one impact through this podcast, what I would love for you to be able to do is to actually be able to start seeing a lot of these cultural things for what it is and then choose to actually speak your truth, your voice. If it seems ridiculous, but everyone else seems to just kind of go along with it, agree, you can actually choose to not go along with that. You can choose something more. You could choose to speak up and you can actually set an example to, um, or, or open a pathway for other people to choose something more. Okay. Uh, hopefully that helps. I have no idea what music I'm going to play yet. I'm going to put a uh, music after this. And then thank you for watching episode two or listening. Freedom.